Hey folks, and welcome to the three-year anniversary edition of Coming Up Next, the podcast. That's this podcast. It's called Coming Up Next, and it's a podcast. You can find the uh, the previous three years' worth of philosophical rambles at www.comingupnext.com.au, where you can also find links to Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, Podbean, where you can subscribe to the show. You can also find it on Spotify, and if you do hit subscribe, it means you're going to have a party in your pants each and every week, because the show is going to download automatically for your podcast consumption. Hey friends and welcome to the three-year anniversary edition of Coming Up Next, the podcast. So good to have you with me. For this, I'm Alistair Marks. For those of you who don't know, this is my show coming up next, the podcast. And would you believe it's been going for three years? Three years. Started this in 2015 with a little uh, idea that I would speak with some of the world's top creatives about how they've managed to create a life of their own design to have these, um, these philosophical rambles. You know, on uh, on life, on career, on spirituality sometimes, on what it all means, on why we do what we do and how we can keep moving forward. I was, uh, I was in the throes of a little bit of a creative crisis, not really sure how to keep going with this career. Um, I was also in a pretty shit place with a relationship that I was trying to be in and not be in and my career just wasn't quite looking the way that I think I'd hoped it would look uh, and I guess it's been pretty remarkable to reflect on the last three years on the life of the uh, of, of the podcast to see not only where the show's ended up but also where I've ended up. I've been fortunate enough to meet some truly amazing people from doing this podcast um people from all walks of life you know not just people in the film and entertainment industry i mean we have done the show with some incredible actors and directors and producers but also you know people like terry verts the astronaut or stephanie rice the olympic gold winning medal swimmer (laughs) gold medal winning swimmer and you know when i started the show i was living in melbourne in australia and now I live in London and am very fortunate to be able to travel around for work. You know, this episode that I'm about to present to you was recorded in Los Angeles, where I was for a film festival uh, that a, a film that I'd made was was featured in. Uh, and I was I'd gone there via New York, where I was working, and now I feel like I'm kind of yanking my own chain, so to speak. But I suppose it's just been great to kind of reflect on the way that the show has expanded and evolved and the way that I feel like my career has sort of moved and shaken and uh, and become something that I could never have predicted when I uh, when I started this. I guess where I'm getting to is I'm just very grateful for all the doors that have opened from taking the step to do this silly little philosophical ramble each and every week. And now it's back. I uh, I felt compelled to take a break 
because I was feeling a little bit burnt out. Uh, 155 episodes took its toll and it wasn't feeling like the show was moving beyond where it had gotten to. It was sort of feeling a little bit like flat, I suppose. Um, So I wanted to take some time to just kind of process to not do it for a couple of weeks and not doing it. I was still recording interviews. I've got now a nice little backlog of interviews with some truly amazing people who I uh, who whose paths I crossed with when I was in New York and, and Los Angeles recently. Uh, so some really special episodes coming up in the not too distant future. But so I took a break from releasing the episodes um, to see what would happen, and yeah, it's been it's been a really amazing time to take that break. And now relaunching it on the three-year anniversary, uh, I couldn't think of a better person to be relaunching the show with, to be celebrating three years of coming up next with than Liam McIntyre, who long-time listeners will know is someone who I started out with way back in 2003. We started our careers together. We met working at the Rivoli Cinema uh, which is a, an art deco kind of art housey cinema in uh, in Melbourne, and we just kind of clicked immediately. You know, we were both people who were aspiring to be actors, to be performers, to be working in show business, and we just started writing stuff. We started making stuff. I had taken a break from my studies as an actor to go and study film, and so Liam would act in my films. Uh, I would direct said films and then it got to a point where we were writing our stuff together and producing it and it all just kind of blew up around about 2007 when we made a short film called Shotgun which is available to watch online and then a few years later Liam got uh, the job uh, of replacing Andy Whitfield in uh, in Spartacus uh, as the lead character Spartacus and his career exploded um, and I chatted with him early on. I think it's about episode seven. You can go back into the archives and check it out if you haven't already. Uh, but coming around to this three-year anniversary, I thought who better to reflect on the last three years of, uh, of life than my good buddy, Liam. So here it is. This has been one hell of an introduction. Thank you so much for tuning in, uh, and please look out for the upcoming episodes. If you're not already subscribed... I said it at the head in the pre-roll, but you can subscribe at comingupnext.com.au on any of your favoured platforms. And uh, here we go. Three years of Cun. Here's to the next three years of Cun. And this week with Liam McIntyre. Maybe the uh, we may be setting a standard, standard maybe not the right word for earliest ever oh. podcast. Oh, it's so early right now. <laughs> it was earlier before when we watched that football game. It was much earlier before when we watched uh, Australia draw with Denmark, which was almost exciting. It was good. It was good. It was better than the alternative. It was better than not 
drawing with Denmark. Sure. Well, well, less good than winning, but more good than losing. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's so early that it was. It was. It's still early now, having watched a whole football game. Mm. <laughs> yes. Which means it's early. Yeah. I guess that kind of contextualizes the time that we're recording this. It hurts deep. It hurts. It does. It does. But. I'll be releasing this in the future when this will actually be the three-year anniversary of coming up next. So there's a lot of happy to cover happy on. birthday. Thank you. Yes, yeah, nice you. bustling three-year-old boy of yeah talking. Is it terrible? Th- no, it's terrible too. So no, you're good now. You're clear. Yeah, no, we've got, all clear now. we've gotten through that. Yeah, I mean, we right. haven't yet while we're recording this, but that's as true. it's being released. Yeah, presuming this gets released, then we're in business. Yeah, yeah, unless <laughs> there's some, some big malfunction. Yeah, we don't want that. I mean, no. that did take a while to turn on the recorder, yeah. but uh, we're good now. We're good now. It's interesting, though, to track back over three years. I was listening to the first podcast that we did, mm. which was episode seven. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. So 149 episodes ago. Is it that many? Yeah. How how do you live? Uh, surrounded, what is it? Large yeah. piles of money surrounded many by beautiful many ladies. beautiful ladies. That's not even... Kids these days, you know what trend. I found out recently? Aaron was on this tour, my wife was on a tour with younger kids, and they don't get Simpsons quotes. They don't get them because they don't see it, they don't watch it, they don't know it. Yeah, I was hanging out with someone who was 27 and made a Simpsons quote. And Nothing? Nothing. 27? Crickets. Ouch, that hurts. That was still in the prime time. I feel like they would have still been growing up through prime time Simpsons. Yeah, I would have thought so, but mm, maybe not. Maybe it's, it's all the Ricks and the Mortys now. Yeah, it's uh, definitely frame of reference for things has changed. I mean, we went to E3 last week. We did. We which I guess, the, went, as this is released, it was entertainment maybe Expo. six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it definitely made me feel like I have become very disconnected from... The things that What's are hot. What's on the hot pulse? On the pulse in um, uh, in this current day and age, I guess kids nowadays are quoting things that Ninja does when he streams. Yeah, yeah, streamers and stuff like that. I mean, I I I actually just started. Um, I was terrible at the Fortnite game that the kids are playing, so uh, I decided to play it some more to try and be better at it. And my new mouse that I bought, yeah, because I was serious about this. Um, it like it came with some software that you could, I don't know, it have like random voices. You know, you could get like the Simpsons pack or the so that at certain points in the game, I guess when you're shot or when you win or whatever, it, it plays Simpsons quotes or it plays Family Guy quotes or it plays Arnie quotes and stuff like that, which are funny. But there was like a whole section of just streamers quotes, like quotes from streamers, I guess at moments that they were playing again you know good so like that was a an option with it's interesting like the the the, um i guess the uh democratization of uh, of celebrity Mm. um and and it was strange at the actual event that um you you joined me for at e3 where i was playing against all these pro gamers, which was like a dream come true, really. In a soccer stadium. Yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah, that um, at Richard Roscoe's LAFC soccer stadium, mm. a buddy of ours who uh, who helps out with the, the LA's newest uh, soccer team. Um, yeah, and it, but it was like they were walking in. Um, you know, nobody there had any idea who I was, which is fine. But the person next to me, the Aussie next to me, 
they at like they were they were screaming like it was a concert. It was like we were walking through the center the, of the them. guy who was the yeah your gaming was Elk, compatriot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the guy. We so it was like a, we were playing in squads of two um, duos, and um, I was paired up with I guess Australia's premier streamer who was very good at that game. Very cool dude. Um, and they were like the fans and the kids were just losing their I've never seen anything like it you know like I've been to like Hall H launching new shows for like for like stars and things like that nothing like what they were getting like they were Mm. like literally kids just screaming screaming like their lungs out at one stage I literally heard one kid go Muzel you are a god and I was like this is a different world (laughs) I mean I'm excited for him happy for him to have that kind of uh, recognition and stuff it just um just it's it, yeah things have changed like things are well things are changing i guess as they always do but so. i was just thinking as you're saying that i guess this is in a, in a similar way that kind of transition period maybe for our parents say where something like the simpsons start to become popular and you know shows like the simpsons or cartoons in a way evolved beyond just being the hanna-barbera yeah, yeah yeah type of uh children's programming into a more kind of teen-centric or adult-centric well it made me think of that um i've been thinking about this a lot like at what point do you become old and i don't mean that in the sense of like you know what what age is middle age what age is that but you know like like at what stage do you atrophy in your understanding of the world if you do you like do you go that is the world as it should be any change from here on out is wrong (laughs) you know and it's because i was i was thinking about the world as it is now and how, you know, a lot of the decision makers that are making, you know, quite, I guess, aggressive is probably choices. You know, I'm like, you know, I don't want to play the politics of whether it's good or bad. I have my opinions, but, um, but you know, they're just making very assertive and, and I guess, especially to a younger generation or even to, just to me, is stuff that seems very painful, like stuff that's very harsh, aggressive and not communal. And and I was like, weren't you from the flower power generation? Wasn't it all about peace and love? Well, you know, and and at what stage does that be go? Yeah, yeah, that was about peace and love, but this new stuff is all bastard, is wrong, you know. And sort of, I, I'm like, and and just in in little ways like this, I, I you know, the temptation to sort of go, oh, streamers, you know, like all oh, this this new this new media medium, I suppose, that's not valid. Mm. Like, is is tempting because you sort of you've never seen it before. And on its face, because you don't understand it, it seems perhaps less significant. Uh, I was having a really big discussion with one of our friends who, uh, at, at E3 about the validity of it, as like, which is you know, arrogant to even talk about whether, you know, it's not like our place to say stuff like that. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it was interesting. We just, have a podcast to talk about it on. Yeah, right. You save it for the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like that idea that at some point as you, as you grow older, you start believing that or you you stop understanding or connecting with new ideas and you start believing that your ideas are superior to them that you're like well of course it's not as good as what i had you know like we had the real thing you know like in, in, as if like in some ways i guess flip phone flip phones are better than smartphones you're like well smartphones and apps are like not that anyone says that but like <laughs> no, that's insanity well some but, people yeah but you know like it's it's just um, hipsters or, yeah hipsters do it um or you know or even like i think i think i was watching an episode of downton abbey where they get the telephone and then people are like oh what's this monstrosity and you're like wow could you imagine or like inventing the you know the time the you know, 
I, I struggle to understand how people couldn't fly places in planes. You know, like it's only a hundred or so years ago and, and people even, really. just couldn't, it wasn't, you know, like it was a hundred years ago, it would still have been, it still, it still would have been far more normal to have taken a boat places. To yeah, right on board. Yeah, no, but in terms of like if you were to travel oh, to yeah, England, yeah. say, or something like yeah. if you were to go, if you were going, returning back to where you're from, uh, England, you know, it just, it's like, it, it was the amount of change that goes on and that people start thinking that change is bad. I think, what stage does that happen? Well, as we were having that discussion with, with your friend uh, at E3, it was, that was kind of where I started thinking, I guess, along similar lines. Mm. And uh, I came back to where I'm staying, which is with some family, and I, and I started commenting about this uh, this idea of the streamers who you know, have create commentary for their live streams of yeah. uh, the gameplay and how I didn't really, I didn't understand it or connect with it. Yeah. And my uncle, who I was staying, who I'm staying with, made a comment like, oh, well, I guess that's the new version of WWE wrestling. Yeah, was, we were talking about it at the time, yeah. Yeah, and, I w- and my immediate no. reaction was to go, no, no, this is completely, di- like, totally it's not different. even... And, but, but that's I, it, right? You know, I, I bit my tongue and I'm like, oh, I guess for him, that's the the relative comparison is he doesn't understand how someone can sit down and watch six hours of wrestling a week. Of course. Which probably most people couldn't understand. No, well, you but, know, but it's, um, but yeah, but it, I mean, it is that sort of stuff where things that are, I mean, all those ideas are kind of abstract. You can't really compare like for like any forms of anything in many ways. Yeah. You know, in human, if human condition, but that people just go, no, that's no, that's different. You know, but didn't you have this back when you were a kid? Yeah, no, no, totally different when I was a kid. I'm like, I mean, objectively, yes, those are different things, but emotionally or connectedly, you know, they they they, they probably represented similar things of community, or you know, like like I'm sure it was bizarre to be going into a movie theater at one stage, sitting in front of a big bright light, reflecting images, you know, at you with a community of people and then it became basically I guess and yeah and that people would make a job from creating yeah, yeah it's his profession or just a bit I mean just the you know the idea of sitting in a room looking at a bunch of things flashing on a screen on, on a wall with another 100 200 people must have just seemed bizarre like you know it's it's the thing the thing that I find funny is that as you go forward down the timeline you look back and it doesn't, and, and you just go, well, because it always makes sense to you because you raise, you were raised, like, like you look at like two-year-old kids with an iPhone just like yeah. moving around and you're like, you just do this. How are you just doing this? This was like a whole experience for us to like grow into and, and develop and learn and work with and, and you guys just do it like it's nobody's been there, but that's it, right? Like to them, they will grow up having no concept of not having that. You know, it's it's quite bizarre to really think about. So like, the idea that I, I can't really understand how not being able to fly places would be. I can't really understand how how odd sitting in a room full of people watching a bunch of images on a wall would be because it's just, I mean, that's going to the movies. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, it's, mm. and I'm sure when I have a kid, they'll grow up being like, what do you mean? Like, how could you not think streamers are cool or whatever? You know, well, who how knows? Could you have, yeah, how could you have never had the internet? Totally. How is that possible? Like, like, there, there will be. I mean, surely this generation will. F- I mean, I, I can already. I, I can barely understand how I lived without the internet at any stage of my life, let alone the 
what was probably 10 years that I did. Maybe, no, probably 12, something like that. I was going to say, it's probably more. I like 96 or 7, yeah, I think, maybe, that yeah, it became yeah. kind of more, more mainstream in Australia. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Yeah, I guess I was, I was as early adopter as I could be, but yeah, 96 feels about But also, right. like, not even having, like, you might have one computer per household. Yeah, sure. And then some households just wouldn't even have a computer. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't really until... I feel like it wasn't even really until I was at university that it was like became commonplace for people to... Everyone to have a laptop or everyone to... Like every, you know, every person... And again, this is maybe more of a middle class thing. Sure. I'm sure it's still not that every person in a household has a computer. Absolutely true. um, But that said... Carry on, you go. go. I was just going to say that it was common practice that you know that so many that you would even have more than one computer in a house well i mean you know it's it's yeah absolutely but it's it's phenomenal to me that you know it's it's just how how it's it's everywhere i I was reading the most fascinating article that i've read in so long about elon musk's um attempt to kind of protect humanity against ai which is i mean not not his words obviously it's 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 a lofty sounding goal but you know like this um it's just this fascinating article like i'll see if i can maybe you can send get a link out or something like it's a really good article about the idea that you know that you'll have to humanity at some stage will have to i guess up the processing power to compete so if we're going to basically the the premise being that we are going to create AI. That's just like humanity as a whole. Like individual humans might go, well, that's not a good idea. But as a whole, we're like, no, it'll be super useful. And, I, and the idea being that as humanity, as a, as a, as a whole group, as a homogenous group, you, you, it's not as easy to change directions. I, I can choose to not pursue that. But as a whole, I think humanity as an entity goes, no, it's going to be really useful and doesn't really factor in the risks because they can't see them. It, it can't see it yet because it's not. It's a. It's an abstract idea. Um, so it, the the idea being that to to stop it, you know, when when AI happens, it'll basically fundamentally be more powerful than we are, just on a computational and speed, and you know, it'll have the access to the entire world at all times. You know, stuff like that it doesn't mean it'll be bad, but but it, it just it just will be fundamentally the first thing since humanity's risen to like a position of power in the in our part of our corner of the universe that um that there is something out there that we've made something out there that that can out fox us as it were you know so the premise being that you have to keep up with the joneses and then we'll have to like kind of cyborg ourselves up <laughs> to do it and the fact that people are like have an like an abject dislike for that like a like a fundamental like no 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 that's that's unnatural and the premise being, I think, I think Elon Musk said this, but certainly in the article, that um, you're already a cyborg. You're just a really inefficient cyborg. You've got your, <laughs> you've got your phone. You've got constant contact to the internet. You can know anything in the world in a couple of seconds. Um, and and so that you and, and you know really think about not having your phone on you for a long time, for a, a day or two days, and and that would be a fun. That'd be like losing a limb or more. And it's true. Like it is. It's it's feels almost unnatural now to not have it um and to move on from that it's just that made me start one of those head exploding moments where you're like it's like now imagine that in your mind yeah so that, you just got the direct access well yeah like and that the fact that you that at that next progression you will not be able to delineate the, the 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 difference between going i better google that and just knowing it 
Mm. Like you will literally just go, what's the answer? Like, what's the capital of Senegal? Oh, it's that because you will just, you will, it'll instantly, your brain will just Google it essentially and it will, you'll, just, you'll just know it. And so you won't, it's like you almost won't have, you'll have to learn how to process information more than you have to learn like rote facts and stuff like that. So it's, anyway, mm. it's like stuff that I find like fascinating and mind-blowing and terrifying and interesting. I assume Sadio Mane will be the president of Senegal by that point in time I mean I, I'd, I'd vote if I'd vote for him I would have no jurisdiction to do that but you know <laughs> did you uh, sidebar Please. see the uh, in the Egyptian elections um, yeah. that I think one million people crossed out both candidates names and put Mohamed Salah's name no. as a third candidate are you yeah, kidding true me story. he got the second most votes or something Get insane out. like that jeez that's fascinating <laughs> yeah I don't know. How do you feel he would be as a president? Well, I don't know. He's doing a lot of good stuff. That's for, true. Uh, That's true. For, for the country through his profile as a yeah. very good football player. Yes. Not scoring enough goals in the World Cup, though, to be fair. He scored one, which is Egypt's first World Cup goal yeah, it's true. since 1990, I think, That's true. if not ever. That's true. Um, so it's one more than they had before. So he's got infinitely more goals than anyone else. That's, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's something to be said for. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that the rest of the team is not very good. Maybe not as good. Less not as good, good as good. Mohamed Salah. Yes, but that's asking a lot, I suppose. It is. Uh, I guess one of the things about you know revisiting podcasts as well is mm-hmm. it kind of well it shows you how things have changed. How the wo- I mean the world is like if you consider <laughs> how how much the world has changed in the last three years. Like yeah, right? forgetting our kind of bizarrely microcosmic lives that we lead uh, and the kind of existential um, insignificance of that. But like actually, three years ago, Britain was part of the European Union. Yes, yes. Obama was the president of the United States, and yeah, it is. There's been in the preceding three years. There's um, been a seismic shift in the world. There's some fundamental. I don't know what it is, yeah, <laughs> specifically. But there's like energetically, if you want to buy into all that, it's something fundamentally different about the world than where it was three years ago. I don't know if it's a pressure of like a bunch of micro pressures building up to something, but. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I, I it's a, it's a it's a slightly terrifying place to live. I'm not sure which way things are going to go. It went it went from feeling like, hey, we really got our stuff together. This is feeling pretty good. To like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Mm. <laughs> like this is very un. Things are very unsettled. I feel things have. There's a lot of mixing up of of previously established norms. And I, and I guess the the concern is, are we in the middle of the the storm or is this like just the beginning? Yeah, are we seeing the storm coming up? Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly, right? It's um, it's hard to... I mean, you can never know that till afterwards, you know. It's... um, I don't know. I do have a sense of like worry from my child that I have someday. I, I Just because... Yeah, I, I guess three years ago I would have been like, great, this is like, yes, there's a lot of massive pressures, but I feel like we're starting to move towards them. Things like climate change, um, things like, you know, different you know, different geopolitical disturbances and stuff like that. Like maybe we're heading the right direction. I mean, it's hard to say. It's not like Syria wasn't going on and stuff like that. So it's not like it was it was smooth sailing or anything. 
but I was like, yeah, I feel like maybe we're all starting to pull together, and it's just with almost in a blink of an eye has completely flipped, where it's like everyone for themselves in some way, and there's all this tension. um, But maybe there's also like, well, I guess the hope is that this moment in time creates a wave for the disinterested or lazy next generation uh, yeah. voters mm. and something like March for Our Lives definitely shows that there is a, yeah, there's, a want there's... and desire amongst younger people to be part of something to bigger be part than of something bigger yeah. than themselves mm. which maybe before this period of time wasn't the case I well know. I mean they do you know I, I, I don't know if I talked about this last time I find this really fascinating that every generation I, I did a, I, I looked into this one time it was really interesting that every generation has like a you know, you can really you can see the pattern of of like society. A moment. Not no that too, but more like um, you know you can see, um, you know, baby boomers disruption of the war want something stable, you know, and so they they have like one job, they have like uh, you know the conventional family unit, everything is is very much about returning the chaos to a stability, um, you know, and trying to and so they, 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 there's that. Um, and then the next generation, the generation X would see their parents be taken advantage of by their boss and see that sort of thing. Um, and they're in this world of a lot of more affluence because the sort of settled down and the countries have pulled together in the face of such a crisis like the second world war. And so there's, there's like, it's the world is more affluent than it's been. So they have that freedom to like start picking their jobs. But as a result, they, they see all these missed opportunities by their parents, so they work harder and blah, blah, blah. The parents of those, like our generation, see lots of divorces from the stress of, of those choices through um, both parents working, which hadn't really happened prior to that, you know, and, and, and working extremely hard and long hours to compete and to outperform each other in order to try and make the most of the world and the opportunities they perceive having. So they're like, feel underparented and they feel slightly ignored and they see their parents working too hard so they they have they want to they want to do a job that makes them happy you know they they want to do a job that fulfills them and, and allows them to interact with their friends who they grew up with in, in, in as surrogate parents you know and stuff like that so um so there's that but uh and and again more and more affluence and their parents are working extra hard so there's you know not individually but across the board more and more sort of um opportunities and perceived perceived opportunities and technologies moving at such a fast pace people have access to more things and the feeling like they can do more stuff and then you know you get into this generation or like like i guess the the coming generation this sort of where there's like it sort of affects i guess i'm at the very cusp of millennial and i guess you're 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 early millennial but the um i mean i always considered myself gen y but yeah, I, mean, I guess at, at are those point, they're not the same things, are they? I've always no. like, I feel like they were interchangeable for a period of time. I think yeah, there's I don't know. If it's, read one thing and it says like yeah. I'm I'm right on the cusp of yeah. millennial Gen Y. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah I'm just on the on the fringe of it. So, but like you know, so moving into that, it's that sort of sense that like I had a lot more freedom of choice and expression than my parents did, uh, who had more freedom and choice and expression than their parents did. You know and and so there's, but with that kind of added benefit comes a, an innate kind of implied apathy, perhaps not for everyone, but you don't have, it's not, there's not as much struggle directly in front of you. 
So I guess that's why millennials have that cliche of, of being less... About having that entitled... Yeah, because, you know, it's me. kind of justified. They have a world that's now connected in, intimately. They, have, they can connect with anyone in, you know, from their next-door neighbor to the biggest celebrity in the world just by a few taps of a button. They can, you know, they can do jobs all around the world. They can do them remotely. They can do them together. They can switch jobs at will, in theory. Mm. You know, and there's there's the economies are doing well across the board. Again, I'd say that from a position of, you know, middle classdom or history, history of middle middle classdom. I'm sure there's many people that go, are you kidding? But, um, <laughs> you know, like, like what, what opportunity kind of thing. But, um, you know, I'd say on average that there's, that, you know, if you, not that I guess um, the point being doesn't mean that everyone has that opportunity, but it, it, there's, it's probably more accessible than it may have been across the board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and so now they need something like, you know, that there's, they need something essentially to make them, or to make us, I guess, if I'm going to include myself, to rise to the occasion of sorts. You know, there's there's been no major conflicts. That you know, every other generation has probably had a war: Korean War, World War Two, World War One, Boer War, all you know, Cold going War. Yeah, Cold War. Yeah, and and there was this huge period of like it's it's. I think I'm scared because it's it feels like in human history there is always a war around the corner, and then there's been this period of time where there hasn't been and then with all this tension suddenly skyrocketing you're like is that just humans being humans finding a way to go to war over anything yeah but also it's there's like there's the pushback from i mean we're in a spot in history where to use um a a great buzzword of the moment there's a lot of diversity going around in terms of the opportunities that people who traditionally weren't being given opportunities are getting them. Yeah, And the world absolutely. is evolving to a place of where, amazing equality. Where it should be. Where yeah. it should be, not only across races or genders or orientations, but I guess in every sense. Yeah. And so it's like the old guard pushing back going, well, no, this isn't, this isn't the way that we believe the world should be. Yeah, I find I find that fascinating. I find the idea of equality on my terms a very funny concept. Yeah. I mean, um, it's 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 difficult, you know. It's I mean, it's I I get it on a point. It's it's I feel like most normal humans these days, certainly people from our generation, I like to feel on average. Again, you can never say for everyone that, that people understand that everyone should be equal, like that everyone should have equal opportunities as best as possible. Nothing can always be equal for everyone. You know, it's just, it's not realistic. It sounds nice, but it just would never happen. It wouldn't happen for any creature in the whole galaxy, you know, it's just kind of happen. But, um, it, but it, it should be something to strive for and that should be something to be seen as a positive but equality costs somebody something, you know, and it's funny to me, like, as an actor, like, this year, more than any year, it's like, it's been still wonderful, but slightly less wonderful to be a white male. It's like, you know, it's it's like, oh, equality is, is essentially giving females and 
um, minorities or uh, or other you know more diverse option um, of casting and as a white male you feel that and it's that um, you know you're like wow I had all these opportunities last year and there's so few so many fewer this year and then I talk to like my black friends and they're like oh it's so nice to actually be going in for something that's of value that I'm not like the black friend or whatever I'm actually I get a damn role to like, I can audition for something that means something. Not that, you know, they haven't had the opportunities in, in, in before, but not, it, I mean, it's shocking to me how much it's, I, you know, as a white male, I, I won't see it. I, I don't, I'm like, it seems fine. Of course it seems fine to me because we're in the ascendancy in that regard. And, and, and so it's, it's, but it's funny to sort of hear the quiet rumblings of your friends where they're like, you know, all of them and, and you know, all of us are, are for it as an idea, but when it actually hits you, that it's going to mean you get less. Fundamentally, do get less because there's only so much to go around, and you can't have it all and get everyone else involved as well. There's like a huh, like there's this funny, tangible sort of sense of like, oh, so equality is going to mean I lose something, and you're like, yes, that's that means everybody gets brought yeah. to the middle. As a, and it means that the people that have had nothing get more, and as a result, you give up some so that they can have more. And it's it's interesting, like it's people, it's that that innate tearing, internal tearing between, I guess, the 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 race that it, or the you know the the group of people that have had everything. Um, actually, I, I did this movie last year, um, in and we were in Romania, and I had. Um, I had a chaperone, which was in itself a very odd idea for me. But um, it was a lovely man. But, you know, Romania is not the most well-off country, I think it's fair to say. And he, you know, he was struggling in his way and, and, and fighting the good fight, as it were. And um, and we had this conversation about, you know, famous actors and famous people and success and because he, he wanted to be an actor and he was doing the best he could and... You know, and, and he was telling me about how he did this ad for, I think it was like Porsche or something. And, you know, he made like great money. It was like $5,000. And I was like, in, in America, you know, it was like you would make like a hundred, two, three, five, a million. You know, like the difference, it would be so much more money. It's like, and, and we were talking about, you know, the wealthy, I suppose, and, 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 and his sort of disdain for that. And, um, you know, that idea that how can you know I was talking about actors that unappreciative actors perhaps you know people that aren't kind or aren't generous or aren't you know or change when they become successful and he was doing that thing of like you know if I had all that it would be I would appreciate it and I would be different and as I was talking to him it sort of had this weird sort of epiphany moment and it's not about it's not a judgment of good or bad but it was this moment of like you know what would really suck in some regards being the richest kid in the world <laughs> like yeah of course as a poorer person you see nothing but affluence but you've got to remember every single thing they have is the best thing they can ever have <laughs> i was telling you i'm like you know if you, you try to wrap your head around it you know we know uh, my, my friend in romania he stays in a hotel at all one star hotel two star hotel doesn't matter he's on a holiday best day ever you know, like having a great weekend. It's what what a, what an opportunity. 
that guy stays in a four-star hotel or a regular five-star hotel, worst days ever, worst hotel he's ever been in. And you're like, well, just on a fundamental level, it's like, if you think of it like that, yes, of course, it's way, you know, it's way easier and better in lots of ways to, to have that kind of resource and access and all those things. But it's a lot harder to shoot for things. I mean, I get like a lot harder to motivate Mm. in a lot of ways I, I mean I feel instinctually that it's it's, you know, it's a lot easier to have bad experiences to be depressed about lacking something when when there's nothing better to strive for almost yeah. I don't know it's like it's somewhere in there I'm obviously you know it's not as simple as that but there's an interesting uh, deleted scene in Some Kind of Monster the yeah. Metallica documentary right. where they're all sitting around uh, there's a group of uh, I think uh, studio people sitting around talking about James Hetfield having this meltdown and right. I think there's like a psychoanalyst or something who's like this could be the best thing that's ever happened to the band really and uh, everyone's like why what are you talking about and they're like well they're 20 years in you know from zero to the first million mm. yeah they're going to be so motivated to, to, to keep going right. but once they've kind of surpassed that first million one million to two million, the difference is even it becomes, less. It becomes less and, and less. And then it's and like less. less and less and less. And how do you stay motivated to keep yeah. doing it? And the fact that, um, you know, they were on the verge of this breakup, but James was actually still searching for something. Something. Yeah, sure. Meant that actually, even though in the moment, you know, it seemed like this, you know, very uh, entitled musician having this kind of existential moment, actually he was looking for how, you know, he was looking for the gratitude or he was looking for the kind of artistic motivation to keep going. I can't, I'm not sure how this relates to what you were talking about. No, no, I know what you, I know what you mean. It's that, um, that sense that, I mean, I guess it, tying it all back, it's into that sort of thing, that's got the sort of tangent we went on about sort of the millennial entitlement and, and needing something to, to like, wake you up as it were if 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 you're in a world where everything seems to be kind of calm opportunities seem to be in front of you you know you don't you aren't struggling on a fundamental level again it's massive generalizations but like um that the, you need opportunities or moments to 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 strive you know, like humanity needs to strive. I mean, I always think about further back to like the Roman Empire where you have everything. There's only one direction you can kind of go. And people that have less the, on the fringes of that empire can start picking away at it because they're motivated to have some of it or to have to, to aspire. It's they, they have a something to aspire to and, and, and they, you know, it's, everything's cyclical in some way, you know. And so... There's nothing, you know, on a very fundamental level, I always wonder like if we're actually at the moment, like if we are, if it's a blip or if we're actually at that moment where America loses its ascendancy. I, I, that's a, a massive tangent in that way. But like, I, I do wonder, like, uh, I, 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 it would be odd again because America has been the only, in my lifetime, the only, like the, the premier nation for like democracy, you know, as it were, quote unquote. And it's like, seems to be in many ways sort of shaken to its foundations yeah very much fundamentally so. you know and it's like and i wonder if if it's just that thing that all things given time 
you know, it's hard to stay motivated to be the best in the world. You know, it's it's you might not realize it because you're you've you've set the you've set the you know like you're the fastest runner in 1950. You've set the goal for every person after that to find a way to run faster than that. You know, it's 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 and it's and it, and for you, you're like, well, I'm the fastest runner, and like you are now. And it's it's just hard to. I don't know. Once you've reached the top of the mountain, it's really hard to find more mountain. Yeah, you know, in a way. Absolutely. How do you keep finding more mountain? And I think not to kind of keep harping on about mm. our generation or the generation after, but there's also that kind of like everyone needs their feelings validated mentality yeah, I about find things. I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, and it, it's not. It's not. I mean, sure. Okay, great. Everyone should be fair and treated nicely and kindly, and that, that's. I mean, obviously, that's. It sounds right, and and it feels right, but I was bullied mercilessly as a child, and it was horrendous, <clears throat> and one of the best things that ever happened to me. Obviously, that's not true for everyone. It's not something I think people should seek out. It wasn't fun in any way, and it was really damaging. And I, there were some really dark moments in my life, uh, or in my childhood, from all that. But I'm. I mean, glad is is the wrong way to phrase it, but you know what I mean. Like, the, I'm, I'm having come through it, I'm stronger and better equipped for life, because life is not kind. I mean, you look, you know, if 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 you're playing the long game, Mars was Earth, but it didn't have it. It, it got a hard run. <laughs> you know, it's um, obviously it's not sentient, so it doesn't seem to matter as much. But um, you know, it, it, every, everything is hard. <laughs> And and to create an illusion that that you aren't going to face a battle either with something that happens or with someone or with something is illusory and and it's tricky. Obviously, with social media and things like that now, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to to separate and to compartmentalize some of those challenges. Like being a parent now, I can only imagine is very challenging in a way that for all the benefits there's these costs and mm. to have a seven-year-old kid be cyber bullied must be hard in the extreme so uh, it's, it's, it's hard but some things have certainly moved a long way from getting slapped in the face with the large trout on mirc chat right right so different now yeah um but, but yeah it's like you know it's it's funny there's like it's uh, again not long ago when you know my parents were getting corporal punishment you know they'd, they'd yeah. be getting hit by teachers and stuff like that as par for the course and fair enough you know fair enough they it was to me it's abhorrent but uh, but now it, that's the thing is it's, everything changes and now the idea that even yelling at a kid would be unfair I mean it's, it's I don't know it's it's fascinating it's how do you set boundaries if you don't I mean you know, I, people who don't say no Yes, yeah, sort like a strange. of. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, it sounds nice. Yeah, and it certainly is. It is nice. It's certainly more pleasant. But at what point? Yeah, but then that's where I go back to that idea of atrophying as a person. Is that the point of me going? No, no. This is what I know, and it works. Yeah. So therefore, this new version is not going to work. Well, I think we were having a discussion to at E three again mm. about parents who don't allow their kids screen time versus. Yeah, well, actually, sure. the reality is that I, I guess there's there's two sides to that argument because the reality is that the, the technology is not going anywhere. And if anything, it's only going to become more integrated into people's mm-hmm. lives. 
but the flip side of the argument is that you know it stunts potential um brain development over and maybe social skill development over the course of the first couple of years of a child's life so sure i suppose i mean like anything moderation or um using common sense is probably the best uh, thing to defer to hmm although common sense maybe isn't as common as relative well done um but i guess it's a relative concept too yeah it's it's fun how I don't know. Morality as a concept is another thing that's fascinating to me, and and, and people searching for a universal morality versus a time, you know time centric morality that everything you know, things things that were allowed in thousands of years ago either should be definitely still allowed or definitely not allowed. You know, it's it's there's it, yeah that idea of common sense is is I guess so subjective and. And that's that's part of the challenge, I think, is that you know, in, in certainly in the political spectrum in America, at very least, there's there's two very distinct sides now, very very separate sides, where common sense means two very very different things. And and fake news, fake news, sad. Yeah, what a weird time where you actually can't, or it's so difficult to delineate between. Well, it's not that it's difficult to delineate between, but it's that the whole notion of what is fact has become subjective it's a it's well yeah i i i that is that is the fundamental terror for me in the world the idea that i mean it's 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 well i mean it's fascinating to me that you could get to a you listen to like people from say the 40s or 50 and there's this sense of like Good argument, yes, fair, fair. That is actually, you know what, you put it that way. I don't like it, but that, I, I, I respect that. And now it is just like, no, nope, not buying and not even listening. It's not even, you, it's, it doesn't even factor into my, you know, you've, you've said something I don't like, so therefore I can figure out how to make it not real. And that's a weird place to be in. <laughs> like, it's so weird that... Well, that's the jagged side of the kind of validating everyone's uh right to i don't know feelings or have a voice yeah it's and everyone should in one sense but also you know where there's there's that kind of dangerous side of it where Mm. what we're seeing now is un is unfolding and i guess what i'd really like to see i feel like everyone goes through i mean this is an instinct it may not be true it's like I feel like every generation feels that they're going through that moment and maybe we are going through it in a more profound way than others because of the connectivity of everything, but connectedness rather. But I don't know, I assume that everyone, I mean, we talk about this, the end of democracy, the end of truth, the end of the world. I mean... It's probably the same way that like, Cuban Missile crisis spoke about the Cold War. Yeah, it's, I mean, about like that... War. Yeah. Like that was tangibly like we could all be dead in tomorrow, today. Like have you know like that is mental. <laughs> that's madness. Yeah. Like that's a crazy amount of of terror. So like, I feel there's also that temptation to make your experience the worst experience. Because I mean, how else could you? I mean, what else you can't know well, what you don't the know. The worst experience for you. Exactly. So, so you know. 
So I, I, I guess the hard thing is, is I mean, on the one hand, there's this fascinating, like, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm tired of people that go and bring Nazi Germany comparisons to everything because it seems easier than it maybe is. But it is fascinating that there are elements of, I guess, societal tendencies or um, just, yeah, just, just the way that people or governments or, you know, like entities interact that are reminiscent of some of some of the factors or some of the elements of that then and but yeah and people are like no it's fine you know like i i i still find the idea of just hating muslims just cause just bizarre like yeah. i mean well, what is what is that like i get that certain things happen that's attributable to people of that faith that's awful but just to go so therefore I'm just it's just it's madness like it, it just I don't I don't understand how people are like yeah yeah good point actually yeah maybe all Muslims are bad good good call that seems crazy and 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 you sort of think back you go like wait guys guys the holocaust was like within living memory it's like there are people who still were first hand survivors of that it, it, how is this it's not even it's not even far removed in here. It's not like, you know, if it happened in like the 15th century, you'd be like, well, I guess, I guess people forget. But like, it, how? How are you still making very similar related decisions in people who on the one hand would be very much like that was a, that was a, an abominable, like that was a travesty of human history. But this stuff's fine. <laughs> like this stuff I get. You're like, but how do you not see these comparisons? Even if they're not, I mean, they're not identical, but there's, there's elements that are repeatable. And uh, I don't know, just stuff like that. This the shorthand of uh, like the short memory of humanity is yeah. a little scary. I saw an interesting tweet that said something like, you know, it was uh, it was perfectly legal for you know, Jewish kids to be taken away from their parents. It was perfectly legal for right. um, you know blacks and gays to be slaughtered. Sure, uh, sure. But it was illegal for my this was a tweet from someone who was not jewish but it was totally but it was illegal for my grandparents to hide uh this jewish person in their attic so the law is not always necessarily a barometer of what's right or wrong sure sure absolutely no absolutely i mean that's that subjective truth subjective you know common sense and stuff like that it's it's um yeah i mean however you want to fall down on the political divide there's there's the people that are like everything Barack Obama did was brilliant and there's the people that are like I will destroy everything that that man did because he was the worst and it's just hard to understand a world where both those things are attempting to be true and people are trying to make both of those correct not like trying to find a place where on the barometer of good and bad it sits but literally trying to make it either true good or true bad and and not allowing any delineation between in the spectrum there it's like i feel like even as i was a kid or and before that there was a sense of like and it may not have been maybe an illusion that you have with history and time as you look back at things and things sort of sort themselves out a bit better but it did have a it did feel like things had more of a okay look this this is look for me i I want these are these are facts so okay but now it does have more of a, it seems like it has more of a tendency to go like those, okay, those facts are fine. 
I don't like those facts. I like these facts. Like, you know, there's lies, 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 damn lies and statistics. That sort of, that sort of saying where mm. people just go, well, I don't know. There's, it, they just sort of make up their own rules. And, and I guess with, with the democratization of things, um, you can pick news and, and you can pick stories. You can pick versions like, you know, like, I try to be really diligent about going to CNN, Huffington Post, and and Fox News, and trying to see which stories make it and which don't between all sides, as it were. And it's it's inter- that that is an interesting experience. Like I, I would encourage everyone to look at every every viewpoint and try to be objective as best you can. Isn't you can't be, but just to, just to know what's happening and just to try to just to at least checks and balances for your own worldview mm. so you can go all right i want to make sure this is still upsetting me and if you're like you know like there are things i read where people are like this is the worst and i'm like yeah i mean that's not it's not i mean yeah i feel like you're blowing that out of proportion like while i might agree with certain elements of that i do feel like that's just sensationalizing a, a particular component and sure everyone on that side of an argument is going to be like yeah i get it and it, so it's, it sort of fits fits your worldview, but be better than that, you know. Don't 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 just go, yeah, that's what I want to believe. Just like do yourself a favor and go, it's what I want to believe, but how true is it? Like be willing to change. And then getting back again to that sort of more thematic thing of this, where what at what point do you stop changing? Like do you go no? This is this that's the, that's my change done. I'm yeah. good. This is the status quo. This is what I'm should be from now on. Evolution. Yeah, this is the best. We did we did we nailed <laughs> yeah. it, guys. Time yeah. to stop. Like this is it. No more moving on from here. Mm. Um yeah, it's fascinating. I certainly hope there's not too many people doing that right now in the world. What's that? Putting a pin in it going, Yep, this is as good as it's gonna be. <laughs> no, I do feel this is definitely for whatever whichever direction it's gonna go, this is, seems to seem like a transitional period of time. Yeah. To either nineteen eighty four or uh <laughs> or something else. Or a future that we don't know about. Yet. Yes. Blade Runner or something. Yeah. No, no, neither of those seem awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Skynet is coming. Yeah. So I guess you know, we've just like gone into a massive uh, talking about the last three years politically for sure. 50 minutes now. Oh, we did uh, that again, did we? We did do that. Well, at last time we didn't talk so much about the politics. That's we talked a, in more kind of microcosmic or, ma- well, I guess it was macrocosmic, but it was like meaning of life and mm, talking about love and happiness and kindness, mm. which I no suppose, time for that now. No, <laughs> we got no time for that. But, you know, uh, I, I suppose for you... Personally, the mm. last three years have seen a fair bit of transition in yeah. terms of career and life. And yeah, the last three years have been crazy for me. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, between buying a house, I mean, I was married when I last spoke to you, so that's, you know, my wife's getting success, uh, which is wonderful. I lost my mum, which is uh, recently, which is still... I'm still getting my head around just how heartbreaking that is and will be. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, career's been. Uh, you know, I've had a good enough career that I bought a house. It's madness. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's like a pipe dream when you start out in a uh, creative industry. Absolutely. Probably any industry, actually. Yeah, know, of course. Depending on where you live in, in this, in, day and in age. this economy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it is. It's um, 
you know, I don't know where it will go or if it will continue, but to this point in my life, I've been successful, and that's more than I ever dreamed of being able to say in this line of work. You know, it's uh, so in that way, it's been pretty wonderful. Mm. Been very lucky, made wonderful friends, um, connected with wonderful people, maintained the friendships I had, all those things. You sort of worry if they're up in the air um, as you move to another part of your phase of your life. But yeah, it's made a card game. Made a card game. Yep, made a card game. That's right. I was I've always wanted to make a game and yes, I made made Monster Lab. Buy it today on Amazon.com. Yeah, mm. brilliant, nice plug. Good plug. Yeah, thanks. Um seamless. I'm not good at plugging things. I, I feel like <laughs> I shouldn't be in marketing. I feel like I'd be like, oh, buy it or don't, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's good. It's probably other better ones, maybe not. I don't know. you say that, but you did raise a pretty good amount of money on kickstarter yeah. to create said game through. that's true yeah I, I i yeah we ended up raising 50 grand which is crazy yeah and it's not to say it like it was very genuine it was a very genuine campaign thank you yeah. uh but you know you still smashed it yeah well i mean we wanted 10 and we got 50 so we did something right which is yeah. nice i was i mean uh christina alan samuel who's this uh, spanish illustrator that did the art for it is basically the hero of this i i thought up some crazy ideas for things that would fit together that you rolled dice for but she basically killed herself for a year to make art for it uh, just you know you know when you sort of like don't line up the goals quite right and you're like yeah this will be easy you do this yeah great and then you're like oh <laughs> this is the hardest job ever i'm sorry <laughs> She was a trooper. She was amazing. So yeah, and like so, I, that's I mean that's kind of cool. I've got a thing. I can ex- like, as an actor, everything's kind of ethereal in some way. I mean, you can have a, a DVD. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like even even the DVD is not quite you being there. But yeah, I got a, I got a thing in a box on a shelf that you can do something with. It's kind of nice. It seems like objectively, uh, although you know Spartacus was like probably one of the probably the most intense uh experience yeah. that you've had yeah, that's as a performer it seems like you continually managed to uh get jobs or or create scenarios where you're actually fulfilling like if someone had said to me what do you think liam's like dream list of jobs would be to have had I would have said something like Spartacus sure. to have created his own game and to have voiced like lead characters in video games. That would be right up there. And you, you know, that's kind of the way that your career has yeah. continued to I mean, develop. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've, I've, there's, and you know, everyone has dreams and aspirations, and as you expand your horizons, you gain new ones. So I, you know, just in order to grow and and to keep motivated, as we were talking about before with other stuff, you know, you, so, you know, I, I've, I find new dreams to have, but in terms of realistically any, I, I mean, I'm so far beyond anything that I realistically thought I'd be, you know, be able to be able to make a game. Like I've always liked board games to be able to make one, even one that, I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, I think I've got a better one in me. Um, but I mean, I guess I'm just true of everything I do. Um, but that's, yeah, by, but the very nature of, I think, being someone who's not going to rest on their laurels or go. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, know, you don't sit in the moment and go, "Yep, I'm great." Yeah, this no, was, this no, was, that was great, and now no. I'm done. No, but it's, it, what a, I mean, it was an amazing learning experience. I'm proud that we made a game that that was fundamentally fun. You know, it was like for all, any any flaws or shortcomings it has, 
the feedback I have is from everyone is like this is fun and that's like to me finding the fun is the hardest part of anything like that so that's an achievement um so ha- having that in the world is like I never thought I'd get to that opportunity so that's wonderful I hope I get another one um to be able to like voice you know Captain Boomerang in a DC comic is just super cool to be able to be a video game character in a major AAA title is like again something that the five-year-old or ten-year-old in me just couldn't get it I mean first of all the ten-year-old me would have been like they do they do voices in video games that's cool <laughs> um but um it's not just text on a screen yeah right yeah um but it's cool you know it's just like one of those things that I it's just so amazing to me. It's like, it makes me so happy. There's, um, ah, oh, why can't they announce that I'm in it? There's a thing that exists that, um, has, has just been announced that I'm in and it's so exciting and they still haven't announced my involvement yet. So I can't talk about it. It's like, it's like next level excitement when it finally gets announced, you'll understand why. Um, so there's just been cool stuff, you know, and, and I guess my career hasn't, it's been unbelievably cool in a way that I didn't expect. You know, from Spartacus, that was like incredible. But again, something I never would have been like, maybe one day that'll be the future. I never would have thought that, you know, some sort of action star was going to be in my future. Yeah. And then to go into all these, you know, like, and, and to you know, get into video games and, and to the and animations and stuff like that is just the coolest you know it's, it's like stuff that you'd never you know never would have thought would have been on the cards or, or would have looked for and it's you know it's it just i've been very 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 lucky to you know you've worked with you know some of the most iconic actors of the last 50 years in some of the yeah. projects that you've worked on in films and uh you know voice work but I suppose, you know, going from something like Spartacus into the work that you have been doing recently, have you ever felt, have you felt like, you know, moments of doubt where you've been feeling like I just want to be back in something like that? Sure, yeah. It's, it's I mean, I, I always talk about, I mean, I, I don't know many actors that haven't got into acting with some underlying insecurity not as the basis jumping off point, but as a kind of a f- driving force that sort of need to be loved, need to be heard, you know, whether it's you telling a story and you want someone to listen to that story or needing to communicate. And, and you know, I don't know. It's, it's probably not true of everyone, but I feel like most of the people I know in, in this field has an insecurity that never truly leaves you. So there's like a, there are times when you're like, huh, is that it? Um, I miss the, you know, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I basically started my professional career at about the top. <laughs> like mm. it's, it's, it's about as cool as an experience as I'd ever dreamed of having. And then, you know, obviously human moments where I, I miss the excitement and the spectacle and the importance of all that, you know, like going through that crowd with the, with the Aussie streamer and he's like getting people scream his name and you're like, oh yeah. It was fun. You know, it's like, um, not that, you know, like my life is on some horrible downward turn. It's far from that. It's just, yeah, like there are moments when that spectacle element or that, that you know, that just the attentionness or the, the you know, the, the status that comes with something like that, you know, you're like, that was fun. Um, 
but I don't, I've never wanted something like that to drive me. I never wanted to feel like I, that was my, you know, like my minimum that I, I couldn't be happy without it or something like that. Um, and also you got to kiss Harvey Keitel. So, so many times, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out. Um, I don't think they'll keep all the kisses in it. They may keep one of them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how that came about, but yeah, there was definitely a, a reckoning moment in my acting career when Harvey Keitel was coming in and I was like, he's going to kiss me. What do you do, Liam? You kiss Harvey Keitel, that's what you do. Right. Um, I suppose that's the uh, the watershed moment where you decide if you're an actor or not. That is where I, I actually, as time slowed down, as that kiss was coming towards me, I was like, this is where you choose whether you're an actor or a pretender, Liam. So this wasn't something that was scripted? Oh, God, no. No, not at all. No, nowhere close. <laughs> There's nothing in the script that would have made me go, this is on the cards. Harvey Keitel may have gone to Upright Citizens Brigade uh, yeah, just before he shot this film. He may have. He may have. He's uh he was fine. He was he, he no. He was. I mean, he's. I mean, the guy's a legend. He's understandable. Then it's it's cool. It's like it's real. The thing is, it's like the the thing. The thing is cool. Is like you know, he's he's as he as he's aging. He's you know, he's still the dedicated actor that made him who he is. You know, like he's still going through his breathing exercises. He's still going through his warm ups, and you know, it's it's like. So I don't know. Maybe you you have this tendency to think that maybe as you get to a certain point in your career, you're like you can just take just the pedal off the gas and and you're still going to coast and do amazing work. But you got to you got to work. You always you can't stop like any job. You can't stop doing great work or you stop doing great work. So you know it's like all that stuff like that, like unexpected. You know, I I had the same experience when I was lucky enough to work with Antonio Banderas. You know he he's would surprise you and shock you in the most incredible ways where you're just like, Oh my God, you know, it, 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 and, and you want that you want, you want it. It's, it's inspiring to see that from fantastic, successful screen legends. You know, you sort of go, wow, that is why you are who you are. Um, so yeah, no, like stuff like that is fascinating. You know, like it's just, it's cool to go, wow, I don't know where that came from and that makes it special. Yeah. I suppose if you're not having, the kind of intense experience like on Spartacus it's pretty incredible to be able to be in the midst of these legends and to be able to learn from them and and collaborate Uh, with them yeah I mean I've in my experience of LA it's been like there are there are so many levels of jaw-dropping insanity like where I can't (laughs) can't really fathom like so like when I'm a child when I'm a very young child my favorite show is probably faulty towers and monty python and i got to work with john cleese and do like a i got to do a a, a, a monty python sketch with him essentially like ad hoc just just because we were bored and just started doing it and it was just like such a surreal and splendid like the year before i think i went to see the last monty python live show at the o2 uh, in england when they were doing that and I was just so over the moon just to be in the same room. And then I got to introduce one of my other heroes to his hero, John Cleese, at a comedy thing that John Cleese did. Because then as a child, an older child, I like I loved Futurama. And I'm probably safe to say pretty much friends with the entire cast now, which is just <laughs> like unbelievable. <laughs> Billy West. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I, mean, I wouldn't say I was friends with Billy West. Um, 
I would like to be. We get on really well, though. Like, they just that's it, mental. It's, it's insane. You know, like I, I, I work with John, uh, John DiMaggio. I, I'm, I'm just like I got the sweetest call about my mum from from Maurice Lamarche. I've I've um, I really like Phil Lamar and stuff. We get on really well. It just, which is just on like it short circuits my brain to feel like I've had these incredible built these incredible relationships with people that are like my heroes it's just so cool like it's I've 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 had like an uh, a Hollywood experience better than I could ever dream so like yeah in the last three years it's just been it's I guess solidified that the right like I'm on the right path I I hope it seems it seems like everything is moving forward in, in in again not in the way i expected but in a way that makes me very happy yeah and it's it's a lucky man that can say that i suppose the kind of through line of uh this, this conversation has been about keeping your mind open to where the world is going to be turning to never stop growing you know it's 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 i always had this idea that i saw this a lot in in older people that i knew it's like when you stopped growing you started dying like when people were like wasn't like when they retired specifically but when they sort of retired from contributing to life that's not true of all people other people find new goals to have whether it's painting or whatever it is but when you sort of like it's like your body senses that you're done yeah (laughs) it sort of goes oh that all you need to do all right well okay i guess i guess we'll wrap (laughs) this up we're done here then kind of you know and it's this weird sort of sort of energetic thing um, but and you know that get busy living or get busy dying kind of thing um, well you know if if you look at like uh, plant life as, as a kind of analogy or metaphor as soon as something's ripe the next yeah. step is to rot yeah totally sure so if you kind of decide that you've hit your apex and you're ripe or you're beyond ripe, then yeah. the only space you can really well, go to is rotting. That idea, like, you know, like we were saying before, with like, you know, get to the top of the mountain, down's the only direction. There's no more top. It's, mm. you know, so like, I guess the idea is make sure that whatever you dream, the mountain is big enough, um, but it needs to be scalable in yeah. some way, you know. Well, once you hit the top of the mountain, then you decide you want to become an astronaut so you can yeah, yeah. go to the moon. I guess that's it. That's it, right? You should you can get a good vantage point of that bigger mountain than you didn't see you could climb. Um at the very least. Um but yeah, it's it's yeah, I guess that is that's that's sort of a the through line that it's it's very easy to to atrophy, I think, to, 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 to feel like it's it's all been done or it's been achieved or it's it's or or it's you know, it's, I don't know, like being resistant to change, I think change is worth questioning. I think it's it's important to go. This change, why this change? Is this the right change to be doing? But to just go, although that looks like change, none of that things is to, to you know, disown all of the history that you've ever had where you grew. Yeah, and also most things from my experience mm. in life that you resist, like you. Not to say that you should acquiesce to everything, but no. the more you resist things, the harder they become. Yeah, seemingly. Uh, and it's hard to... like. That seems like such a black and white way to kind of talk about change. Because, you know, change isn't always good. 
No. Um, like change can also mean regression, not progression. Of course, yeah. Change is not always positive. It's certainly not. But, you know, I guess using your own moral barometer to decide whether or not, you know, you, you're going to hide the Jew in the closet or give them up to the Nazis. <laughs> I think that, one's illegal. Isn't that one's what we're legal? all asking? Should we hide the Jew in the closet? That's, that's, that's yeah. the lesson we learned from this. That's, that's what you should be asking yourself. Yeah. Which is why, incidentally, we're doing this podcast from a closet. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like it's, it's roomy enough, though. I like this, this, this uncle's place. It's a big closet. <laughs> this uncle's closet. Yeah. <laughs> Should we change the title of the, of the, of the show? Dear Rich Dr. Nephew. <laughs> I'll split an order. Um, apparently, everyone in Futurama does a really good Zoidberg. That's what I'm told. I, feel I like mean, I feel like if there was one character that everyone was just going to try and do, yes. it'd be Zoidberg. It's everyone tries to do so, yeah. Yeah, they all have a Zoidberg, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I've like mixed. to hear Katie Seagal's I have not heard Zoidberg. Katie Seagal's Zoidberg Zoidberg I've, Yeah I think, uh, Something like that maybe Maybe um, They're not bad Zoidbergs though To be across the board Like I say It's with good authority Pretty good Zoidbergs <laughs> Just imagine you on like a A bus or something With the cast of Futurama Just everyone <laughs> doing their Zoidberg Oh man They are they are funny people They are fundamentally funny people Yeah Yeah I'm, like, Again like One of my happiest memories in my acting life was being on a, a bus to a convention with Billy West and John DiMaggio just, who just doing improv 50s radio show <laughs> it was just I can't even do it justice with explaining it it was everything was improvised and hilarious they did their own ads they did like just just Brilliant. winging it just amazing like, are there, are there any of these any of these people are there any people that you've met being that you know you've met some of the biggest names in entertainment and show sure. business and probably other, you know, gaming and, and um, other industries. Are there any people where you've felt kind of overawed by meeting them or by the experience of having met them? Sam Jackson. Go on. You know, basically I was, it was you know, I, I was doing Spartacus. I was invited to, to a Broadway show that Sam Jackson was in on the mountaintop. It was amazing because um, he wanted to meet me because apparently Spartacus was his favorite show that's cool, <laughs> that um, cool. I was like he wants to meet me and brought a buddy of mine uh, we started I started acting my first show he was in in Ireland and we hadn't seen each other in 10 years so basically in the preceding 10 years nothing happened then I suddenly got this huge job and I was like hey guess what uh, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a proper actor now and um, so we hung out in New York and took him to this thing and it was going to want to meet me afterwards so I was going to bring my buddy to meet him so I'm like long story uh, of like pretty sh- like couldn't find any way to like actually get into Sam's space you know like to the backstage um, uh, that's a, I usually tell that story in a long way so I'm short a little bit just in case I have told it and anyway getting out finally get in um, Tiny lets us in Tiny was like 6 foot 10 um, of course he was. Yeah. And uh, walking up the stairs, hear his voice, freak out a little bit already because it's Sam Jackson, because Sam Jackson's super cool. And I remember having a conversation with my brain where I was like, oh, don't freak out. Don't be that guy that's like, you're the best ever. I love all your movies and you're so cool. And like, just don't, don't fanboy out. Just be cool. You guys are contemporaries now. You're an actor. He's an actor. That's about all we need to do about that. Let's not look into the de- details. Um, we're pretty much the same now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just be, just be cool, man. Just be cool. That's what Sam would want. Be cool. Be cool. Tell your bitch to be cool. Yeah, right? See, you get it. Um, so I was telling my bitch to be cool 
in my internal bitch, my inside <laughs> bitch. Um, the Liam bitch. Yep. And uh, walking up those stairs, then he was in his dressing room. I meet him, super cool, exciting. Introduce my friend, tell him a bit about the story of how we met. We get score going very well. And then I was like, saw the show, great show, man, I love the show, love, I love your movies, love all your movies, was going into that zone. I was stepping into the whole fanboy zone. Mm. And brain stopped in, stepped in, and I was like, whoa, 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 we talked about this. We, <laughs> sa- we said, we weren't going to do this, we weren't going to be like, we love everything you do, just hang, hang in there, I'm going to fix this. My brain's like, I got this, just take it, take it easy. You just chill out. Take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> and uh, I got this. And so what I ended up doing as my brain took charge from my nerves was I was like, oh, it was a great show. I love your work. Love your movies. Love all your movies. Well, I don't love all your movies. Wait. Did I just... Okay. I'm pretty sure I just said I don't love all your movies to Sam Jackson for no reason. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean... And then he said... Well, I did Snakes on a Plane because I wanted to. And I was like, well, that's... I mean, my head... I was like, well, that's on you, man. If you're thinking I mean Snakes on a Plane, that's kind of your stuff. That's not my... I mean, I might have been meaning any movie. I could be meaning any kind. It could have been Black Snake more. You don't know. Um, I mean, like, you know, so I'm like, that's kind of on you. Uh, <laughs> Deep blue sea. And then we started... To, I, then I tried to, like, obviously dig up, um, which never works very well. And I was like... Oh yeah, totally. No, I mean no, that's a good it's a good film. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> film. And I was like, oh, but you know, everyone does films, you know, we all do stuff that we don't necessarily I'm talking about choosing to do a student film um <laughs> that like a two years prior to that that was not great to be fair. It was objectively not a good film. Um but it seemed like a good choice at the time for me where my career was at. Um and he's talking about multi million dollar, hundred million dollar budgeted films. And he is like... About snakes in the toilets of a plane. Well, yeah, there were snakes. Are they in the toilets? There were planes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen the movie. Um, wasn't, it, wasn't the original title The Snake in the Toilet on the Plane? Yeah, The, the Toilet Snake in the Plane. <laughs> the toilet Snake on the Plane. Toilet Snakes. <laughs> starring Sam Jackson. But yeah, so I managed to really embarrass myself. That was fun. It's fun sticking your foot right inside your mouth. Yeah. Uh, he was cool with it, though. Uh, he still introduced me to his wife, so I was like, this has worked out. My wife. He's my wife. Um, he didn't sound like that. Um, he doesn't do a borrowed impression when he introduces his wife. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. For some reason. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Could you do, here, do Sam Jackson doing Borat? That I didn't. I, I will ask next time. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he didn't introduce, Maybe he don't. introduced me to a, to a charity. He brought me. It's, it, we, yeah, we've, we've hung out. He wished me happy Thanksgiving. That's how good things are. That's pretty cool. And they all worked out. Yeah. Um, so so you like, were thankful for the experience. I was, I was, but yeah, you know, like just even just that is is insane. <laughs> like I'm like life. So yeah, the last three years have been unexpectedly cool in in ways that you know, like I'm not Batman yet. Uh, so obviously, not everything's is that worked the top out. Of the mountain. I'm sure I'd find another mountain, but yep. James Bond. Yeah, those two are pretty much my my Everests. Uh, but only like Twin Peaks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hummingbirds uh i mean no i mean are they i don't know it's my my sense of what celebrity is i my my desires have changed a little bit interestingly in that i guess the natural instinct was spartacus okay next can i be like superman or something that'd be great can i be in a marvel franchise and it's not i don't want those things i do but there's a big cost to being extremely famous 
big emotional cost. And the greatest gift I have right now is happiness. And and I've been lucky. I've had great career moments. I've had great opportunities. I've been I've paid well for things. I've I've been I can be comfortable in a way that I never dreamed. But yeah, there is now part of me going, what price fame? Like you know, to to not be able to actually go to the shops. Like I think one of the coolest, the weirdly cool things, like at those kind of E three esque things there's still a part of me i guess as a as a as a fallout from spartacus where you are like oh is this going to be a thing like are people going to start being like they never do no no they, 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 <laughs> no but you like there's you know you now it's like a couple of people will you know sort of be like hey are you that guy and you're like yeah i am and we both have a moment <laughs> i remember the happy days and they yeah. remember, you know, um you know and it's nice it's not it's not in any way well, there's unpleasant. a huge community around it yeah, but it's nice, you know. It's it, but it's 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 but subtler, it's kind of civil and subtle, and it's like you kind of share. Yeah, it's share like a good family. memory. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, you're my yeah, cousin. Yeah, we, we get this. Yeah, we get this. We know what we did, and that's really cool. And at that huge Fortnite pro am thing, um, it was so about streamers, which was again sort of strange because you're like, it's because it's a new medium. You're like, wait, wait, these guys are getting all the attention, not like the football players or the whatever. Cool. Yeah, because there were like some big yeah, sports like big people that I'd well. heard of, and I was, and, but it wasn't about them. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. They, they people are still excited that they're there, but the new yeah. day were there as well. Yeah. I was very excited about. You were that. excited about that. See, yeah, that's right. We we never talked to them. I'm sad. No. Um, but you know, it, it's like. It was like the first time I was like, I don't even need to worry. Nobody's coming up to me. This is not about me at all. And it was kind of like, wow, I can be anonymous. Not that I'm not anonymous half of my life. You know, it's in a, in like in a reasonable way. But like, it, 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 you were just like, wow, I, I don't have, I don't have to, I just you know, I can just exist. It, yeah, there'd be a certain uh, level of facade or energy that would be required to yeah you're aware that people are going to potentially be judging you even if if nobody knows people might be like it was that guy I never watched that show and that's fine but you still kind of know you've got to be ready in case it does you've got to be on kind of um, which is no bad thing but you know it's it's a conscious thing you Mm. need to be aware of and I enjoy it and I like it but there's you know there's there's that there's you know and even Spartacus was still very like you know it was there were a few moments of running away and into a car and stuff like that because it was all getting a bit crazy but right. for, for every like running into a car from a bunch of fans there was also the like oh wow man so great to meet you how was working with James Cameron on Avatar I'm like oh you think I'm Sam Worthington uh, do I sign this Sam Worthington do I sign this Sam Worthington <laughs> I do sign this Sam Worthington. Why ruin his day? It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not about him, it's, you know. And and moments when you're like, when they're like, "Can we get a photo?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What are you doing? Getting a oh of you two of you, not me. Could you two people? You don't want me in it because you don't know. Who I, that's fine. Why would you want me in the photo? Why would you don't want that? That's that's. This is a practical joke. I just do. kidding. I know. We, I just I, I thought you might get it. it's joke. Just yeah. gags. Just so gags. Australian thing. Australian. Yeah. Don't worry about it, mate. Um. So anyway, photo of you two guys. Let's focus on that. Too that's, right. That's just a, yeah. You beauty. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was that was one of those fun times. You're like, ha. Huh, yeah. Okay. Um. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I, there's nothing. Nothing makes you feel more unrighteously arrogant than take, trying to take a photo of people who do not want you in their photo and have no idea why you would ever want to be in their photo. Yeah, you're like, 
I have assumed that. That's on me. That's my fault. I have made an assumption about my level of success that is not merited. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, but so but yeah, that, 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 that's it's it's quite like it's nice getting casual recognition. That's a fulfilling, you know. It's a, that that insecurity is filled, and then there's the the part of you that thinks that if that was to be played out to its nth degree, it would not be. It would not be as pleasant. It would be like, cool, I'll get Uber Eats all the time because going out would be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a pretty alienating way to live despite having everything that you would want materialistically. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I do look at... It's it's shocking to me how many seemingly happy marriages or people... You know, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, there's like, you know, Bourdain's and Kate Spade and like all these people who committed suicide, which is tragic. I mean, Robin mm. Williams last, last year, was it last year or two years ago? Who? Robin Williams, you know, like all these oh, people yeah, that you're just like... A few years ago they now. They seem so happy. Is it really? Well, life. And you're like, oh, life. You know, people that you're just like, really? Oh my gosh. You know, and... Yeah. And, you know, marriage is breaking up where you're like, what? They seem so rock solid. Because just the pressures of, of being that person or that couple or that, well, you know... Public property in a way. Yeah, I mean that's the that is the deal. That's the deal with the devil that you make in a sense where you're like, I'm going to trade away a bit of me for a bit of that, and that's I mean nobody should be. I mean that's you know that going in. You should know that going in. So I'm always like, I don't want to be a guy that's like, oh, I'm so famous. You know, like like tough. <laughs> you know what this is. Yeah. Do something else. Do something else if you don't you like played it. Played the game. Kind of like that's you know, the game. How you play it? Um, I don't know how that song goes anymore. Um, <laughs> Close. Uh, Triple H probably can't go anywhere. What's that? Triple H probably can't go anywhere. I don't imagine he could. Mm. No, I mean, he's, there's probably Mostly certain. He can't fit through doors. It, yeah, there's the fundamental. There's like a physical element to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's probably areas he could go. There's probably certain places that aren't WWE yeah, it's, demographics. It's, it's it's very niche, even though it's very broad. Yeah. Broad. Yeah, true. It's a strange paradigm. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm always developing my ideas of what life should be, which again is, I guess, what we're talking about. Always yeah. be willing to think bigger than what you're currently thinking or different to how you are thinking. Definitely. It's great to come to LA and be in a, in, in the sort of environment where is, there's a lot of kind of stimulation to be progressive mm. despite some of the um, conceived preconceived notions about what places like this could be mm. Um, mm. you know it's how are you finding the experience how do you find visiting LA for you I really enjoy LA I mean it's it's an industry town yeah the you know there's no kind of um, novelty about what we do here it's like mm. this is this is the place where it all happens. And I was like, this is the first time that I'm like, one of the first times I think that I've come here and been like, it's uh, like the, the culture of meetings. You yeah, know? sure. It's like just taking meetings and it's almost a joke in a way. Yeah. yeah, um, no, that's funny. But it feels like the, the hustle is something that, and I don't mean that in the kind of pimp sense, but the hustle is real. The, the hustle is real. And it, and it's, <laughs> something that I enjoy doing and, and you can meet people who are doing great things. Things are um, a lot more accessible yeah. from here. And, and I think I said to you the other day, 
from the vantage point of Melbourne, a dream feels like a dream. It feels like a far-fetched idea that mm. you might be lucky if you mm. can kind of touch with one finger. But from the vantage point of somewhere like Los Angeles or New York or London, a dream still feels like a lofty idea, but it feels like something that actually if I work really hard and I meet the right people, which I can do in these spaces, mm. it's something that I could maybe achieve. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's it's funny, like, as I go back to Melbourne now, uh, I love Melbourne, always have, and, and Melbourne, it's, it's no slight at all. I feel like Melbourne feels like, and again, nothing's absolute, there's always exceptions. Melbourne feels like the safest kind of place. It feels like a place where you go to make moderately safe decisions in a very safe environment, uh, to be comfortable, to be content and none of those things are bad things uh, i don't say that with any kind of you know because like, the people go oh, to be content like it's a swear word you know like it's it's yeah, that's admirable like it's there's a reason it's the world's most livable city because it, it's just things just feel good there it's but it's, yeah i don't want to say it's easy no it's not I, easy but it's, it's, it's not the right connotation but it's, but it's there is a, a a comfort i suppose in yeah i feel like Things are in like, say if you break, there's a middle line and then there's like four quadrants up and four quadrants down, like the very bottom being the worst, the very top being the best. I feel like Melbourne sits comfortably between the middle and the the, the first two up the scale of the good side. You know, you're going to fit, it's going to be, you know, you know maybe, maybe just one on the bad, you know, like it's you, things are going to be okay. You're gonna, things are going to be pretty good for you, you know. It's going to be real hard to step outside of that up to the real top. Like, I feel like LA spans almost the gamut. Like, you know, you have horrible experiences here um, for multitude reasons, and you can have unbelievable experiences, super, super, superhuman experiences here. And you run that risk. Like, Mel- Melbourne's like, I feel like Melbourne's for the risk averse, perhaps. Um, well, not de- in all cases, but. It, de- it depends what your baseline is, I suppose. That's true. As, as, That's true. As two people who grew up in Melbourne with kind of stars in our eyes. Yeah, true. Uh, That's true. Things seem like you come here and you're like, I can do what? Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas people who grew up here are like, yeah, of course. Obviously. Like, yeah. That's, obviously. Yeah, that's that. a good point. That's you a good know, point. Where, and they're like, you know, what's a, you have what in Australia? Oh, you know, you can do what in Australia? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you can get grasses greener element. Yeah, you can just, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a level of, but again, it's like in what industry do you work in? Because if you work, yeah, if, if you're if it's you're true. a doctor and you work in medical industry, maybe Australia is preferred, yeah. is preferred because you know there's a lot of in, in a lot of ways Australia is kind of on the cutting Awful. edge or the mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. crest of the wave. Sure. For sure. various other industries for the world, but for people like us, I guess who, that's a very exclusive acting experience because it's because well, like you said, it's an entertainment, entertainment, sorry. Yeah. Um, industry town. Yeah. No, it's true. I was just, I'm interested because yeah, the people have wildly different experiences of Los Angeles. So I'm just interested to know what yours was. Well, yeah, I, I'm again, to go back to the, the notion of a baseline, you know, actually, you know, having a screening of a film that I made here, mm. which was a remarkable experience in and of itself, Absolutely. but it's, it was also, a kind of I was able to invite friends and family who live here who are yeah. people that I've collaborated with well not family obviously but 
people that you know friends that i've made from collaborating with over the years who live here or happen to be in town Mm. kind of showed me the really truly cosmopolitan nature of living in a hub city like la or being in new york or keep referencing these three cities but to me that they kind of set the benchmark paris or dubai or yeah okay sure yeah hong kong um you know it showed me that i guess home is really a perspective absolutely uh it's not really a place so much as a state of mind or a way that you frame a place because i mean sure if i was in like somewhere in mexico yeah maybe wouldn't have friends and family that were coming to a screening and maybe it would be more of a challenge but i went to kiev six weeks ago or something and didn't feel displaced there. No. Again, no. a unique experience because there was a sea of red that I was... Yes, yes, yes. You and your fancy <laughs> Liverpool. Well, yeah, if only they'd have won. But... Hey, hey, we were we, we couldn't even get to the Europa League final, so just chill. Yeah, chill out there for a minute. That's true. Not even for Wenger's last game. Oh, and don't even give me stuff. I mean, he kind of went out as his last sort yes, of Yes, he did. Went on. But, it was horrendous. Uh, I feel like we're almost getting to... Uh, the point that we got to in episode seven of being, uh, well, we're 90 minutes in now. It's pretty, it's a, it's a big chat. It's a big chat. And we just kind of went in. Yep. Yeah. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of ground though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like that we, we managed to basically leave in a theme, we could create a theme out of this. It's we did. We did. And I didn't even have any Doing notes this time. Yeah, I mean, last didn't. time was impromptu and then this time was impromptu. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how we do. Yeah. I suppose when you have a 15 year... Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. I'm very grateful for you uh, to help me celebrate the three-year anniversary after we've been up since 4.30 in the morning watching the World Cup. And I guess by the time this goes to air, we will have known if um, France and Peru, what the result of that will be. Yeah, that's true. And then we'll know if Australia, Peru has been favourable. I look forward to this airing as we lift the cup, (laughs) lift the World Cup. Massive underdogs. Actually, total shock. The three-year anniversary of the podcast will be the Tuesday after wow. the World Cup final. So wow. here we are. Let us know how it's gone. Yes, future, future, you and me. So, wait, future listeners. Wait a minute. Is there some sort of time travel happening in the other room? Could be. It could be our future selves. Oh dear. Well, somebody get the guns. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Rick and Morty. I know how this goes. Uh, it's been an honor being uh, part of the three-year celebrations. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's so much a celebration. The three-year happenings? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows where we'll be in three years from now? Sure. Um, maybe maybe Winston's Let's ask our time-traveling selves. Yeah. Wait, no. They're only from like six weeks in the future. Oh. Not even. Well, they'll have a clue. They'll be better. They'll be they're closer. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully nothing too dramatic's happened. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know, success and health to you, my friend. And to you. Thank you. Well, I suppose I should ask you, I don't think on the last episode, I feel like that was the only episode that I didn't finish with the what makes you silly question. Oh, possibly, yeah. Because I remember going to cut like a clip show, which is just a just a lazy way of not having an interview. That is a lazy way. Uh, although it actually requires more work in the editing. <laughs> but 
I, I remember I was like, oh, I forgot to ask Liam what makes him silly, which just seems silly in itself. See? You succeeded. Yeah, but now... Ah, here we are. Here we are. So, what, okay, give me some context as to what this question is. Like, silly how? Question silly is, like a clown? Like, a, like I amuse you? No way, well, funny. it's... I like to I like to tell people I made it grammatically ambiguous so that uh, they could interpret. Is it what is it about me that's uh, silly, or what is something that turns me silly? Oh uh, yes. But really, it was just poorly phrased when I began, and then that I then I you. rolled with it. It works for you. It does, and now I've ruined it. Happy three year anniversary, everyone. There's the truth. <laughs> yeah. And no, Nick was not not wearing pants for the first twenty episodes. He was wearing pants. We would never do that, right? Because then you get pants are rubbish. Things like Willie CK happen. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that stuff. Three uh, years. Huh? What a three years it's been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what makes me silly? I'm like quite square. So um, I, I, I kind of don't really care what. I mean, I care deeply what everyone thinks all the time. But then there are like these weird moments. Like, for example,. I have acute memories of just dancing like a maniac and just at some stage going, what would other people think of this? <laughs> um, and it would probably not have gone well. Um, I don't know. Just, um, I've, always, I've always loved absurdity. Like, I just find stupid things funny. Just like, yeah, from Monty Python, I guess, is where I got that from. But... Um, Stupider, stupider. Oh, Dan Castellan, I don't want a god amongst men. You are. Um, yeah, and I think the the way that you kind of look for any opportunity to riff on an idea. I mean, you specifically. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if someone throws a joke out, you're almost always the first person punch to kind of face, pick up the ball straight in their face yeah, and punch them in the right face in the, the face. Ball. Punch them in the balls with in their the ball, face with the face <laughs> and the ball. <laughs> um. Case in point. See? Did it right there. Where's the Where's punchline? The punch Where's the line? Ah, see, you, you got it. Yeah. You got it. You got that, that classic riff, that yeah. classic melody. That's Who right. could forget? Yeah. Who could forget? Catch or, Where's the Punchline? It's first and only episode on <laughs> Al's podcast. Yeah. Um, Where you learn how to fall off things. You t- yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Oh. And we had some Winston time. Churchill. Winston prank Churchill call. was what I was going to do next as well. That's and I right. keep jumping in on you. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> killing me. I found the, my Where's the Punchline um, sketch book that I wrote with Dean for going you, through you, my mom's stuff. You actually did speak about that on the last. Uh, did I? You were like, I recently found <laughs> what? all the sketches that Dean and I Where wrote. Where did I put them we... in order to then find them again? <laughs> yeah. Like I'd never found them before. What a cycle. Oh, three years has been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's what I'll be in another three years. Finding that book again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess what I just found. Uh, books. Yeah, yeah, Man, you told you'll me never guess it. what I found. Yeah, like this is not news. Remember when we made Where's the Punchline? Yes, I know what you're going to say. Yes, yes, you, made the, you found the yeah, book. Good, That good. book with all the... Yeah, the stupid book. I found the book. Yeah, with well, the yeah you, found, you always find the book. Sketches that... Yes. What was the mime one? The... Hey. The what mimes in the wild and mimes in the wild. That was good times. That was oh, Jesse. That guy, something of something. What was the one at the where Jesse was uh, putting washing in and he was dressed as a woman? Ah, oh, the yeah. yeah. No, that was the mime something one. Something about meat. I think I friends are great to, to eat. eat. Yeah, something about that. that was weird, yeah. Um, it was well. I mean, how it didn't become bigger, I don't know. Who released the philosophers? 
Uh, release the philosophers. <laughs> that was good. I remember that. I remember. Oh, Main Ridge. How we've missed thee. Yeah. Do your listeners know about Main Ridge? Is no. that a secret owl moment? It's really a secret owl moment, but it's like, well, how long have we got? Yeah, it's another for another time. That's Three like years. A, from now, that's we'll like a good seventeen-year story. Yeah, that is a pretty long story. Uh, it was a wonderful play. Imagine like Narnia, but in like the peninsula of Australia, Melbourne. Uh, and you didn't have through. to walk through a cupboard to get there. Well, didn't you? Um, if you consider Dion's backside a cupboard. Yeah, emotional. That's yeah, true, an emotional mm. cupboard. Uh, Usually, right. the silly question's meant to end the show. So. Well, so I've ruined it. Ruin the show. I get it. You yeah. can tell me. You can say it. You should probably just just not do the show anymore. You've got to stop it on that last bit where you should probably just end this. That's the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, now we're... Okay. Now it's getting meta because now we're talking about the end of the show. Is this uh, the end of the show? Is it? You tell me. Yes. Still. <laughs> <laughs>